Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Aaron O'Toole accuses the Trudeau government of abandoning people on the ground in Afghanistan. The situation is heartbreaking, and that's why we need action. That's why last month I wrote the Prime Minister directly on this. We were calling for action to get people out, to work with our allies. We've been demanding this for months, and in some cases, years. The latest polls show the Conservatives with a slight lead. I don't think it has to do with Afghanistan, really. I think it's because people are having a first look at Aaron O'Toole, and they haven't really paid attention to him before, except for maybe, you know, hardcore partisans. And Jagmeet Singh is asked whether he would support Aaron O'Toole in a minority parliament. In a new Democrat government as Prime Minister, whether it's a majority or a minority, we'll uh, look at that when it happens and make decisions that are in the best interest of Canadians. But I can tell you that our goal in this election is to form government, and we're not going to cede that at any point. It's Friday, August 27th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top stories from the campaign trail this morning. We're joined by CBC at issue panelist Althea Raj. Good morning, Althea. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about the situation in Afghanistan and how it has become a constant theme during this campaign. The party leaders, especially Liberal leader Justin Trudeau, are being asked about it at every campaign appearance. Uh, Aaron O'Toole, the conservative leader, is accusing Trudeau of leaving people behind in Afghanistan. Uh, It's obviously a very serious humanitarian crisis, and it's also uh, really taking over the campaign in the early days, isn't it? Yeah, it's prevented um, the liberal campaign, I would say, from taking off. Um, There may be other problems with the liberals' campaign, but that has certainly been, uh, hasn't helped them. Um, it is also a huge um, humanitarian crisis that Canadians feel a sense of attachment to, you know, like not just because we had troops there for so long, but um, since 2001, there's been a close connection, you know, with Afghanistan dominating the news cycles. So there is um, yeah, perhaps even more than Syria, I would say, you know, people want to know what's going to happen to people who helped Canadian troops. And the unfortunate answer is we don't know and that we fear the worst. Um, I would say that none of the opposition parties have um, good answers about what they themselves would do. Um, Clearly, the Liberal government dropped the ball in terms of asking sooner. I mean, this is the the luxury of hindsight that they could have moved years earlier in terms of introducing a visa program or a new visa program, I should say, um, for Afghan um, interpreters and cooks and guards and people who helped Canada. Um, But none of the opposition parties put pressure on the government to do that at the time. And really, even in the spring, um, if you look at reporting from the New York Times and other American news outlets, they say that American intelligence agencies thought that there was a year, two years probably, uh, before the Afghan government would be in trouble. And so all of this kind of took everybody by surprise. And it is a Herculean effort that they were able to accomplish as much as they have in the past, what is it, 11 days? Um, I think the evacuation started on August 14th from the U.S. But it is um, it is an incredible situation, and I, you know, uh, 
the president, Joe Biden, yesterday on television was saying that basically the evacuations will continue, but it is unclear how that is going to happen. And I think, you know, I don't want to say Canada doesn't matter, but, you know, Canada can't safeguard the Kabul airport and Canada can't do evacuations on its own. And so in many ways, we're just waiting to see what the American lead will be. Yeah. And and how do you think it is impacting the campaign? Is it hurting Justin Trudeau or the uh, criticisms from the opposition leaders, uh, from his political opponents in this campaign? Are they are they hurting Trudeau? I think it's too early to tell. I mean, public opinion polls suggest that the conservatives are on the rise, but I don't think it has to do with Afghanistan, really. I think it's because people are having a first look at Aaron O'Toole and they haven't really paid attention to him before, except for maybe, you know, hardcore partisans. Um, so I think that probably would explain the polls more than um, the Liberals being hampered or the opposition attacks landing. I think the risk, though, is that if there is like an Alan Curdy moment in this 2021 campaign where somebody with Canadian papers is found murdered or uh, you know, a worse fate awaits people who were um, destined for Canada and were unable to get to the airport. I think that's going to be really hard for the Liberals to recover because this is, frankly, an unnecessary election. There is no reason we had to go to the polls, aside from the fact that Liberals felt it was political opportunity. Now was the time better now than in a year or more from now. And so... Um, if there's a sense that uh, they are lacking in their duties as a government because of this election campaign, I think that will hurt them. All right, let's talk about what those polls tell us at this point and then what some of the implications might be uh, if if it is a very close election. Um, there, uh, This was not something that people were talking about in July or even in the days up to August 15th when, when the election was called. Uh, but... There is the prospect, presumably, of Aaron O'Toole and the Conservatives winning the greatest number of seats in the next House of Commons, but that doesn't necessarily mean O'Toole gets to form a government and become Prime Minister. He would need the support in a minority situation of perhaps the NDP. And last election in 2019, Jagmeet Singh ruled out working with Andrew Scheer. Uh, He's being asked now if it's a different story this time around with Aaron O'Toole, and Aaron O'Toole has been proposing some policies that it would seem would be favorable to the NDP. Things like uh, more spending on health care, having worker representatives on boards of directors of large corporations. And yesterday he talked about uh, uh, measures that would would basically replicate EI for participants in the gig economy. Um, So what's Jagmeet Singh saying about all of this? Yeah, the measure was basically to create like a TFSA, like a savings account for gig workers that they'd be able to draw on at any time. It's not really like an EI safety net, but I hear your point. I don't actually think, so basically what happened was um, Jagmeet Singh was asked if he would rule out working with the Conservatives as he had with Andrew Shearer. And frankly, and speaking to the Toronto Star in the spring, um, Singh had ruled out working with O'Toole. I don't think it is... A realization that Aaron O'Toole's courtship of unionized uh, workers, which is something that he has made um, in no secret, he's been talking about this for over a year. I don't think that's the angle. I think, you know, in our system, 
the current prime minister, liberal leader, would get first crack at forming the government. And if he's unable to maintain the confidence of the House, the conservative leader uh, would get a chance. If he has uh, a significant amount of seats, unless, of course, because there's a winning majority or there's a significant gap between the two and Aaron O'Toole has a lot more seats than um, Justin Trudeau. I think Jagmeet Singh is just keeping his powder dry. If he rules out working with the Conservatives, then what um, credible demands can he place on the Liberals, having already ruled out the only other potential dance partner? Right. So I think that's what it's really more about. But it is a strategy that certainly carries risk. I mean, I just look at my social media feeds, having tweeted that story as, uh, people who claim to be New Democrats, you never know on the internet, uh, are livid, very upset with this, that, you know, Aaron O'Toole is not uh, the type of leader that they think their leader should support. Um, and that there's always a fear that New Democrats will just turn around and vote liberal because of it. But maybe there is also the potential that Singh is basically suggesting that Aaron O'Toole's not so bad and, you know, people vote for Aaron and, um, and some people vote for the New Democrats, then they possibly have uh, a chance of, you know, some vote splits here and there. I don't really think that's what it's about, but um, it's a strategy that has that has certainly risks. It's um, an interesting angle, but when you think about the issues that really matter to New Democrats that they've been talking about for years, you know, a pharma care program, a child care program tougher action on climate change. I mean, these are not things that are simpatico with the Conservative Party. So Hmm. I guess we'll find out what happens on September 21st. Yeah. Uh, Or or in maybe many days of discussions that follow. Maybe Uh, after, yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's turn to Quebec for a moment. Uh, Premier Francois Legault has released a bit of a wish list for the federal party leaders, and in particular... He's looking for some commitments around more health care funding and more autonomy for Quebec on immigration. So tell us more about that. Yeah, it's um, a wish list with 11 points, actually. Um, so the first one is about health care. Um, no secret, he wants the federal government to inject immediately $28 billion in health care. This is a longstanding demand from the provincial premiers. They would like to see Ottawa's contribution in federal spending go from 22% to 35%. These are according to their numbers. And then Mr. Degault said he also wanted to see an annual increase of 6% rather than the current 3%. Now that 6% pledge is found in the conservative platform that Mr. Rotul has been silent about in, you know, injecting that $28 billion. Um, none of the other uh, parties have, well, the NDP has said they support the increase in health care spending. Liberals have not. And the Bloc, of course, agrees with all of the points in Mr. Degault's letter. On immigration, they want, uh, the Quebec would like to see, uh, would like to have power over family reunification. They say that right now, a quarter of the immigrants in Quebec come through this category, but less, fewer than half speak French. So they want the power to be able to determine who the immigrants are and how to evaluate their French. Then they want powers over like um, economic immigrants, like uh, foreign workers. They want to be able to do their own market analysis. Then there's like typical demands that have been there forever, like apply the French language charter to federal institutions. They want Ottawa to butt out on any um, constitutional jurisdictional fights over Bill 21. That is a promise that um, Mr. de Gaulle has said he will do, but we have not heard that from Justin Trudeau, and I suspect that we'll hear more about that um, on the election trail. 
then they talk about um, infrastructure, housing, the environment. Basically, Quebec is just asking for more autonomy. It wants more power, and then it wants the money attached to that power so that hmm. it can implement the programs on its own. What right. was really interesting was that within like a, a two hours of Legault coming out with his demand, Erno Tool wrote a letter to the premier, published it on social media saying, thank you so much. And, you know, I agree with all these points. Um, and Mr. Legault in his press conference has said, you know, there's two parties who don't agree with us and, and two others that do. And then he singled out the NDP and the Liberals as not agreeing with them. So Mr. O'Toole was pretty pretty happy, I would say, um, that he checks off, um, when it comes to the federal parties, the most out of Mr. Legault's list. It's going to be very interesting to see where we go from here. Uh, we're at the end of the second week of a of, uh, five-week campaign. Althea, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Mark. Have a great weekend. That's CBC at issue panelist Althea Raj. I want to take this opportunity to speak to our brothers, the Taliban. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Toronto Star, Fatima Syed argues focusing on Maryam Monsef's comments on the Taliban is a distraction from what Canada should care about. Syed writes, I am troubled by her word choice, but I'm more troubled by the response. The political right used this moment as a way to disparage the Liberal Party in the midst of an election campaign. Fear-mongering against the Muslim community started almost immediately. It doesn't matter whether you agree with the words she used. There's work to do, and demanding the resignation of a federal cabinet minister whose culture you don't understand isn't on the to-do list. In the National Post, Tasha Carradine argues the Our Brothers gaffe is the latest sign that the Liberals have no clue on foreign policy. Carradine writes, They're asking for a third mandate while defending a foreign policy record that can only be described as a series of fails. These include the PM's disastrous trip to India in 2018, Canada's attempt at obtaining a seat on the UN Security Council in 2020, and China detaining two Canadian citizens for the past two years while openly mocking Justin Trudeau. It is clear that when it comes to international relations, the Emperor not only has no clothes, he has no clue. In the Globe and Mail, Lawrence Martin argues Aaron O'Toole's sunny ways have caught Justin Trudeau off guard. Martin writes, Trudeau's image has been somewhat battered by the self-interest he displayed with his early election call. By contrast, O'Toole is already surpassing low expectations. Sporting a cherubic grin, he's coming across as peppy and prepared, a happy warrior on the hustings. With his enthusiasm, he has quickly put Mr. Trudeau on the defensive. In just a week, he improved his personal standing and moved his party from well behind to neck and neck with the incumbents. Now here's what's coming up on the campaign trail. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau will make an announcement in Mississauga, Ontario. He will also meet with supporters in Bolton, Ontario. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole starts his day with an announcement in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland and Labrador, before meeting with supporters in Sydney, Nova Scotia. And NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will be in Thunder Bay, Ontario, where he will make an announcement and meet with First Nations leaders. He will also attend a campaign event. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, August 27th. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the weekend for coverage of the federal election campaign. And join me for Have Your Say 
every weekday on CPAC at 12 Eastern Time. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.